Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I would have still expected to play in Kansas City or wanted to play. You know, crowd noise, being on the road. Um, you know, so I, I would expect to play and, and try to get something going. <laughs> Kirk, talking about... Uh... It's kind of, kind of a debacle second preseason game for Vikings offenses. Defense defense showed a little more promise. This is Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment. And uh, we just want championships. That's all we want here. So if you ever think we're being too hard on the Minnesota sports teams, it's it's tough love because we just want, we want high standards. Mm-hmm. It's been 30 years since one of the four men's professional sports teams has won a championship. Uh, so just, just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as you consume our show. Uh, boys, let's get into it. Statements from the weekend, going back to Friday, things you observed over the weekend. Let's start with Judd Zolgad. Let's hit the music. Let's dive right in. Well, this actually originated last week, and this morning multiple reports are indicating that it is nearly a done deal, and so I think it's fair to make this statement. Everson Griffin's almost certain return to the Minnesota Vikings shows just how little this team cares about coddling its quarterback, Kirk Cousins, considering the most important thing when it comes to Ev is the fact that he once tweeted and then deleted that Kirk Cousins was ass <laughs> and basically challenged people to go to Zim and find out who wanted Kirk signed because, according to Ev, it was not Zim. This so they- so real, real quick, he tweeted on – I've got it right here. Yep. Um, this is back in like – I don't know, January or something. Yeah, it was January. Uh, yep. January 9th. Early morning, right? Like 7 in the morning or something. 7.46 a.m. on yeah. January 9th, 2021. He tweets, at Vikings. He tweets, at Vikings. Yep. Kirk Cousins is ass. Thank <laughs> you. Ask Zimmer if he wanted Kirk. Five question marks. He will tell you the truth. Who wanted Kirk Cousins? Take your guess. So yeah, those, were, which, those were the tweets. Which must mean Rick Spielman did. And then, of course, they all were deleted later in that day. And around 3 o'clock, I think, in the afternoon, I've apologized. Nonetheless, uh, it's a very interesting dynamic because I will say this. If somebody called Tom Brady ass, would uh, would his team bring that player back after a year away? Would, um, would Drew Brees ha- uh, be tweeted, Drew Brees is ass, and then have a guy come back and play for – uh, back then, the Saints. The point being, this is a very interesting, slippery slope we're going down, and I realize that the competition for the right end job was not going probably swimmingly, and so this does add a dynamic there that's going to make the head coach happy about it. Uh, but there's much more to this story, I think, than just that. Uh, I will say, so this is it is very interesting. I think there's an interesting locker room dynamic already with this Vikings team as we've sort of seen the last few weeks. And Mike Zimmer has voiced his displeasure about certain things. Um, so this is definitely... It's de- I, don't, I don't think you can just say, oh, Everson's coming back and everyone, yeah, everyone's just going to get along. I mean, obviously... And now he apologized on Twitter. I don't know if him and Kirk have had a face-to-face conversation, but when someone trashes his starting quarterback like that publicly, it's kind of interesting. But on the just on the production side for Everson Griffin, his pressure statistics... Mm-hmm. I'm going to get nerdy on you guys here. According to Pro Football Focus, we're still pretty much in line with career rates last year as a part-time player for Dallas and Detroit. Um, I don't think in his now, what, mid-30s, basically, I don't think he's going to be an every-down, full-go guy. He might start, 
I don't know that he's going to be a guy that you're going to throw out there for eight or 900 snaps. Um, but he did get after quarterbacks at a pretty high rate. Like, he was one of the 30 best uh, pass rushers in terms of pressure last year in the NFL on a rate basis. So I think he's still got some gas left in the tank. And um, we'll we'll see. I'm sure somebody will ask him if this thing goes down officially. I'm sure maybe Judd will. Maybe Judd will ask him. Hey, so uh, are you is there Kirk anyone doing? on the team that you think is ass? How are you and Kirk doing these days? How's that relationship with the QB going? Should be an interesting dynamic here. All right, my first statement for you guys. It's a positive one. I think the Vikings may finally be finding some solutions at right guard. <laughs> Speaking of pro football focus, the number one graded offensive player for the Vikings this weekend was Ole Udo. And the second and third best graded offensive players were Dakota Dozier and Wyatt Davis. And now Dakota Dozier might have quite literally been playing for his job like as a backup. Um, but if Ole Udo can maintain that type of performance where he's holding up protection-wise, he's good in the run game, then maybe the Vikings say, we're not, wait, listen, we're not looking for the second coming of Steve Hutchinson here <laughs> at guard. That would be nice. Right. We're not looking for Randall McDaniel. Our expectations for the team are high. But our expectations for that position are very reasonable. Just be average. Ole Udo, just we just we need like a slogan on the right guard t-shirts. Just be, be average. average. Just don't get forklifted <laughs> off the line of scrimmage. Just don't be horse crap. If you're <laughs> not horse don't crap, be we'll be really crap. happy about that. Thank you very much, Ole. But I think I think Ole Udo in uh, in seeing, I don't know, it was like 20 snaps or something. I think he showed, all right, there might be a little something here. And uh, maybe this is going to be a huge upgrade over what Dakota Dozier and Drew Samia gave you last year. The White Davis thing has to make you feel pretty good as well, right? Like that to me, because I believe he's graded out fairly well, if not just flat out good in the two games in which he's played so far. And and I'm sure he's got a lot to learn. He's a third round pick. But all of that being said, I think we're seeing enough to also believe that they got this pick right. And if you got this pick right, it's going to be huge. So I think between those two things, as far as guard play goes, it's very encouraging. And and if you can get Davis up to speed as well, that's a great thing for, for this team because they need some depth at guard, if nothing else. Uh, I, I would be tempted to just see if one of those guys can play left tackle too after the Rashad Hill game in that second preseason Oliudo game. maybe, baby. <laughs> Oliudo's a tackle. Well, they've been working him out, yeah, and I think on. they've been getting him some. I don't know if the. I mean, you're there more than that's a big either stretch. one of us. So. Playing left left tackle, but but, but didn't they say that? Didn't they? Didn't Zimmer say like? Played, we're, yeah, they well they tried him some at left tackle for a while, and um, early in the preseason he played some tackle, and then Zimmer was like, if he's going to play guard, he has to play guard. Like we can't be hey play right guard today and left tackle tomorrow. So I think they aborted that plan, but this is going to to come down to to your point, Phil. This is going to come down to how quickly can Darisaw come back and actually play because Rashad Hill is not the answer for a for a potential long-term starter at left tackle. You need Darisaw to come back and at least be serviceable, uh, or it could be a problem. Uh, my first statement off the Vikings preseason performance, again, another lackluster one, and I, I think my statement is, though, you need to be inspired, and there's next to nothing to be inspired about after the first two preseason games. I know some people, when you look at preseason football, everything is taken with, obviously, a grain of salt, whether it's on the extreme good or if it's on the extreme bad. But when I'm looking at preseason football, I need to be, I need to have some type of inspiring moment or have something that's encouraging. Now, Ole Udo have a nice performance. You know, that, that, that's, a, that's a solid sign of life. And that offensive line obviously needs something to show, someone to show that's not Brian O'Neill that they can step up and perform. With this offense still having yet to score a single touchdown in eight quarters of preseason football, uh, that is, I don't want to be panicking, but there's nothing that I can take away from that that makes me encouraged or or getting more inspired. And yes, the panic alarm is hit. And that's what I want to see. Like uh, when I watched the Packers and Jets game a little bit on Saturday, Zach Wilson looks like he's going to be a a damn good quarterback. You know, the Jets might be a a disaster, and they might only win four or five games, but it looks like he's going to be a, a fun player to watch, and New York Jets actually have something to root for for the probably, what, the first time in 15, 20 years. I need someone to step up to make it feel inspiring this preseason, and that is my opening statement after the uh, preseason debacle against the Colts. So, okay, so because, you know, I 
I don't tend to glean a lot from preseason. I mean, there's been times where people have pointed out, well, the Lions went 4-0 in the preseason the year. They went 0-16 in the regular season, right? And there's there's years where you sputter, and then all of a sudden your offense is amazing. So how do you balance Jefferson's out, Dalvin Cook is out? I mean, there's key players just not playing. Daniil Hunter. And you also want to see the offense do something. Like, you want to see, you want to see them move the ball down the field and score some touchdowns and operate, right? So I'm a little torn. Like, I don't think preseason means entirely nothing, but I also don't want to overreact when some of the most key players are not playing in these first couple games. I'm more concerned only because Kirk hasn't looked good since coming back from his quarantine, and he looked – what you guys saw is how he's looked. But he didn't have COVID, so it's, it's so, not like he's – No, you know, no, It's no. not like his lung no. function is – No, I'm saying he came back, and since he came back, he's not been sharp. That concerns me uh, because Jefferson's out. That's correct. Cook out. That's correct. But you at least have to look like you you have a rhythm. And at times, what I've seen in practice, and and I thought, and I I know he completed a bunch of his passes, but they were still short passes. It was not impressive. I would like to see more from Kirk uh, because, and here's why, there's not time for a slow start. Like, we can't have September again. He's not playing well, and all the Kirk – bashers are out in full force and then october comes and kirk starts to play well and all the kirk stands are out in in full force um look i'm a realist in that kirk is going to have a few off games but you can't have what i believe would be a third consecutive september of well that wasn't great like you this team needs to get off to a fast start it's possible so um I am not panicked, but I am. But there's no question that you have to at least look how Kirk has played in practices and games, and that and that game of on Saturday, and at least say to yourself, I wonder how quickly that's going to work itself out. And and last thing, and this is a problem. Rashad Hill is going to be your starting left tackle in Week One. Um, that. W- that wasn't planned, boys. That was I'm going I'm, I'm to cut in here. I'm going to I'm going to cut in with the next statement here because it's about Judd Zolgad and it's presented by Federated. Federated Mutual Insurance Company been helping business owners with risk management. Uh, if you're feeling panicked about things that could happen to your business, like a quarterback standing behind Rashad Hill mm-hmm. uh, or mm-hmm. Drew Samia or something. Federated has over 100 years of experience in providing peace of mind and risk management protection tools for business owners. So check them out, federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Uh, So my next statement is Judd Zolgad never played the game, and he's pushing an anti-Kirk Cousins agenda with this (laughs) Photoshopped (laughs) screenshot. For the audio audience, Judd started an absolute (laughs) nuclear Vikings Twitter war last night when he tweeted a screenshot of Kirk Cousins rolling out to his right, looks like an edge rusher sort of running at him like four yards away, and Kirk has two options on this play. He can throw back kind of across his body to a covered Irv Smith, which I believe he did. Just like he did in 2009. The championship or, game, as you pointed out. <laughs> he could throw across his body to Sidney Rice. <laughs> or he could throw to any number of wide-open receivers or run for first. Oh. Um, or, according to this picture, he could throw to a wide-open Chad Beebe in the right flat. Yes. And so Judd's tweet says, How does Cousins not throw the ball to Beebe here? Instead, he forces it to Irv Smith, who is just out of the picture. And every Kirk Cousins defender in the universe rightfully, I might add, points out there's a cornerback playing zone in the flat about an inch off the screen where Judd cut this screenshot off. Explain yourself. Why are you trying to make it look like Chad Beebe Um, is wide open and Kirk doesn't see him right in front of his face? Why are you cutting off the Colts' squatting cornerback defender from this image? Okay, boys, here's the problem. I didn't play the game, but Pete Bursich did, and he was the first to point this out on this exact replay. He said, you've got to throw the ball to BB there. And, in fact, was ignored by his play-by-play man completely. Like, the the play-by-play man didn't say a thing about it. But Bursich said, that's the type of play that has to go. And and I love how people think that, that like, okay, Kirk, uh, Kirk can't throw the ball there because... Again, two things. Do you 
Realize on the fifth play offensively of the game for the Vikings, Kirk threw into the middle on a slant route for Thielen and damn near got him killed. And the second thing is you you need to get rid of this ball probably before this point. Uh, but it was hilarious. Twitter absolutely blew oh up. <laughs> I thought Joe Maurer was a hot button guy. Joe Joseph Dude. Maurer had nothing on Kirk Cousins. <laughs> All right. Uh, back to Judd here, statements. Okay, I'm going to give you a good one. I'm going to give you a positive because we have not talked about this yet. And, and Dex, I feel like you're panicked about the offense, and that might be fair. It might not be. I don't know yet. But here's the good thing. I think the Vikings' defense is showing from, again, what I've seen in practice. I've watched them a ton in practice. I mean, that at least accounts for something. And I, I think the Vikings' first-team defense, or those that at least who played on Saturday and what I've seen in practice – I think that there is a that there are significant important steps being taken here. Michael Pierce is as big as I thought he, he was on that field. Uh Dalvin Tomlinson, I think, is good. Um Daniil Hunter didn't play on Saturday, but if he comes back and plays like he can, he's a Pro Bowl player. I'm concerned about far. And in fact, Zimmer did say and confirm after the game on Saturday that he's that there is concern there as far as Far as health go, I a ghost. I'm hearing it's a hamstring, mm. um, and I'm hearing that they are hopeful that he will be prepared to play against the Bengals in Week One. But but it's not hamstrings, the man. It's Ugh. not the peck. It's a hamstring. But the Vikings defense, you guys. I think the first team defense, what I've seen in practice, and and the guys that we saw against the Colts, um, this is going to this is going to revert much more back to what we expect from. A Zimmer-led defense compared to the absolute dreck that we saw last year. Yeah, I mean, I think it's even harder to glean defensively in the preseason, but it just feels like if if everyone that the Vikings should have healthy is on the field, especially up the middle, I mean, you're going to wind up replacing your two defensive tackles last year at any given time were either backup or like backup caliber or like shouldn't have been on an NFL field caliber. And um, if you get a three-man rotation of Dalvin Tomlinson, Michael Pierce, and Sheldon Richardson, yeah. you got three pros. Yep. Three absolute pros. And Everson Griffin, you know, even if he plays 500 snaps opposite Daniel Hunter, he knows the system. He still has some gas left in the tank. Um, and, and maybe it'll wind up being a good thing for some of the other depth right ends, like a DJ Wanham. We're not going to expose you for 800 snaps, but you can get your 300 snaps. Right. So I, I actually Rotation. really like what the Vikings have on paper right now with their defensive front, and that could be the most important improvement from last year. All right, Declan? I have a baseball-related statement, if you guys want me to hit you, hit you with that. I, I, I do as well. This, this could be a good run here. You, okay. got, you and I can go back-to-back back here. All right, my, uh, my baseball statement is Joe Ryan shoves. That is my statement. So, Friday night. Th- I, my I statement's going to be even better yeah. after Declan. Uh, two things. Now. Number one, shoves is such a great like hyperbole in, in when, a, when a baseball pitcher is on. Shoves. I don't know why. It's just it, it, it's a great one. Um, you know, I, it's Friday night. I could have done a lot of things. I could have gotten into a lot of trouble or non-trouble. There, there's a lot of options for me to do as a 20-something living in, in the hip urban area of Minneapolis. But instead, I, I went back to the homeland, went back to St. Paul, watched Joe Ryan make his St. Paul Saints debut, and this dude was absolutely fire. Four innings. Now, he was on a pitch count, 70-pitch pitch count, because he hadn't pitched in two weeks. But 62 pitches... 49 strikes, nine strikeouts, six consecutive strikeouts to start the game. The only hit he gave up was a bomb to right field. Uh, But in general, this dude has a great fastball, 94-95 regularly on the gun at CHS Field. I will say he probably does need to develop maybe a more significant breaking ball pitch if he's going to make it as a starting pitcher. Uh, But just talking around and doing my little doogie Darren, Darren Wolfson scouting in the press box with my sources... If he has another start, my sources tell me, me. if Joe Ryan has another start like that, he'll be called up to the Minnesota Twins very, very shortly. So, wow. My head is hurt now. And and a lot of swagger on the mound. In fact, there was a really good, what I really liked about this, and and I think baseball purists will love this. There was a pop-up on the the left side, foul ball. And, you know, typically pitchers never handle pop-ups. They just, they just don't. So Jack Morris would have loved what happened here. Joe Ryan literally bolts off the mound, runs full speed, and nearly catches this pop-up in foul territory. He missed it by like mm. two steps. So this dude is a gamer, very animated on the mound, 
hard, hard fastball that he relies on a ton, but it looks like the, the key piece in the Nelson Cruz trade can hopefully be con- contributing to the Twins, maybe even by soon, in the next couple weeks. And that's an amazing scouting report. And um, I just want to preface this by saying this has nothing to do with Declan's scouting report, my next statement, because that was a great scouting report. But I don't care. I don't want to hear. Here's my statement. I don't want to hear another positive word about the Twins until they're able to confront the Yankees without urine running down (laughs) all of their legs. Good luck. Okay? I don't know if this graphic was sent out before their loss on Saturday or after their loss on Saturday. And thankfully for the Twins, Sunday's game didn't happen because hurricane. a hurricane is is plowing through the East Coast. Yep. So the Twins actually got lucky. But someone did the math here. Eric Boland. And I believe they, they put this graphic up on Fox Sports 1 during the game <laughs> on Saturday. Since 2002, okay, this is 20 years. This is 20 seasons. The Yankees are 106 and 38 against the Twins. 106 and 38. And as much as I love me some overhyped Twins prospects, and I love that Declan Scouting report, unless Joey Ryan can come in here and change 106 and 38 inertia from the past two decades, I just can't get excited. I am the biggest Twins homer and apologist that's ever walked the face of Minnesota sports media the last 10 years. And I'm sitting here saying, like, dude, all these people saying, well, look at the look at the Twins. They're, look, look how well they're playing. They're finally putting it together the last three weeks, whether it's the commentators or other people who write about the Twins. You guys, it's the same thing. They, they, they look fine against the Tigers. They look fine against the Royals. And sometimes they even look pretty good against, like, the Astros in the regular season. And then they meet the Yankees. And I get the Yankees are always going to have twice the payroll and twice the resources. But the gap shouldn't be this. Like, there's been a lot of really good Twins teams over the last 20 years in the regular season. 106 and 38? That's, imp- like, that's all. Like, if the, if the Yankees played the worst team in baseball 150 <laughs> times, yes. they wouldn't have a 106 and 38 record. So, I don't want to hear it. Okay. I just don't want to hear it until they solve the Yankees Rubik's Cube. I'm sorry. Yeah, I get I think it. It's very fair. Oh, yeah. I think that's I, I think that's incredibly fair. And yeah, last Thursday before the Twins Yankee series started, when Ballet Sports North had the audacity, the audacity to have a long conversation about, huh, my Twins might be back here. I mean, they're playing like <laughs> one of the best teams. Uh, and then I want to wait till after the Yankee series to have that conversation next it, time. And in every game of that series that was played, they trailed six to nothing, I believe. Like I think they were down six nothing in every one of those games, dude. It's it, it's embarrassing. Okay. Like like is it fair to say nothing that they do matters until they finally get over? Like we've been talking about that hump. I think we started talking about that hump after the '04. It was like okay, the Yankees got us back to back. Okay, and then '09 was their next shot at the yep. crown. And then it was like okay, let's now it's a thing. '09. I mean it's it's been a thing for like 13 years. Yes. So, I don't it's know. more embarrassing than ever. Yeah. All right. All right. Phil, I'm going to take your previous statement, and I'm going to assign it to one person. I never want to hear the loser's lament of Rocco Baldelli again. And, in fact, I would encourage him to change his tune. Let me read you a post-game Saturday quote from Rocco, Okay. And you tell me that this in any way, shape, or form is constructive to a professional environment where people are being paid millions of dollars. Okay. Quote, the Yankees put five runs on on the board in the fifth. And continuing the Rocco quote, if there's a healthy Kenta out there, I don't think they're going to put five runs on the board. I think we'd probably have a good ball game. If we get a hit or two in those big situations, the ball game is completely different, is a completely different reality. If. what, if, what are you talking about, dude? This isn't Little League. This isn't Babe Ruth. If, it's not even Legion. This if Joe is, Nathan <laughs> doesn't give up a three-run jack to A-Rod or whatever I mean, what it was. What are you and, talking I mean, about? Juan Rincon doesn't hang a cookie to Ruben Sierra. We win a if game If Brian Dunsing doesn't have his B or C stuff at Yankee Stadium in 2010, if he brought his, if he was on that day, but he's, if Dobnak was if throwing Andy, sinkers. Yes, if the greatest yeah, postseason it, pitcher, Andy Pettit, wasn't on for game two in 2010, the, like, the Twins <laughs> even up that series. 
But you tell me this, how is that quote constructive to your players? Like, how does that help them at all? It's basically an excuse. It is weird. Like, he definitely tends to take the, hey, listen, man, like, positive vibes. Let's just create positive vibes here. But I just think at some point, positive vibes are great. And then when you get your ass kicked a few times by the Yankees, it's like, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone in that clubhouse needs to be patronized. You know, I, I almost right. feel like you're you're patronizing your team. You're definitely patronizing the fans. I really appreciated what Dave St. Peter said with us. Was it two years back when he came on yep. the Mackie Judd with Rami show? And he said, let's and he went right out. He said, let's slay the dragon. Yep. You know, I like that. It failed epically. Uh, but call a spade a spade like. No one wants to come out and just say what Pedro Martinez so transparently said 20 years ago. The Yankees are my daddy. Like, that is what the reality is the last 20 years. Well, if, but what if, well, but if you look at it this way, no, there's no, there's no other way to look at it. But like, give me some fire. Give give me some pushback. You're, you are in the same league as this team. I know it doesn't seem like that, but you are. And your whole thing is, well, if we had done this and I mean, really, if, if, if Kenta hadn't come out, we were we would have been great. I'm. What are you talking about, dude? These aren't twelve year olds. They're grown men making millions of dollars. Have some standards. Like I'm a that, man. I'm forty. I'm forty. I'm forty. I'm 40. <laughs> That's. But I mean, there's no standard there. There's zero standard in saying that. So anyway. By the way, our twins on. discussions this season powered in part by Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. If you're looking to ride as fast as you can out of New York City for a number of different reasons. Oh my God. Dennis Kirk is here for you riders out there. Harleys, Indians, Metric Cruisers, sport bikes, whatever you ride, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Order by 8 p.m. and they ship the same day. When the open road calls, head to DennisKirk.com. All right, any other final statements from you two gentlemen? Uh, yeah, just, just one more personal one. Uh, a new personal best in the golf course yesterday, 95. Oh, Shot 95, you, Lee Bolstead at U of M. Did you cheat at all? Uh, I, less, it's two. less Bolstead. Less, less Bolstead. Put, some, Lee, Lee put some respect on the name of the golf course. U of M course Bolstead. name. Uh, shout out to my friend uh, and caddy Eric Vaglin who said I would break ni- or I would get 95 at this course. Uh, I have to play TPC Twin Cities tomorrow. And I, I'm guessing it won't be as forgiving when you hit a ball on the fairway and it rolls an extra 100 yards or even finding the fairway for that matter at TPC. Actually, you know what's funny? So it's and th- maybe this happens to you. So I am not a great golfer. I'm a little further, like, I'm, I flirt with, like, the high 80s. Yeah. You flirt with the high 90s. But, but by no, I'm a bogey golfer on a good day, right? Yep. And I don't, I can't really drive the ball that well. The best nine I've ever had in my life was at TPC Twin Cities. Like, the week before the 3M, I think it was the last year of the senior version of the golf course. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we were playing, I th- I'm pretty sure we were playing the Blues. Oh, wow. So it was like, I was, like, piping everything. Yeah. The fairways were nice and crisp. And I had like five pars on nine holes, and I shot. Well, what's the? What was it? Like it's a thirty. I think it's a thirty-six. Okay. I shot like a forty-three or something, and it was the best night. So don't no be dejected decks. going into the yeah. round. This no, could no be your decks. moment of glory tomorrow. Yep. Phil tore it's an the easy course. course. Yeah. It's an easy course. Yeah, you you got this, Declan. <laughs> and uh, I, like an idiot, I am. I had my cell phone in the golf cart. And I realized two holes later, my cell phone wasn't on me and had to go back and track it and find it. And thank God my friend remembers every terrible spot I'm always in after driving because two holes prior, we had to drive back. And lo and behold, he found the phone in the middle of a rough patch on hole 16. Wow, dude. So uh, shout out to Eric. He, and he said it because he didn't get the shout out when I broke 100 the first time. He's like, I just found your cell phone, idiot. I better get a shout out on the show. So that is his shameless <laughs> plug. For a shout-out on Mac and Judd. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate you. It's a panicked feeling when that happens. It is. And when you're a good golfer, it doesn't matter. It's either on the fairway or in your pocket, right? But, like, when you're a bad golfer, it could be in the water. (laughs) It could be in a bunker somewhere. It's true. It could be in the fescue. It's true. Who the hell knows? So, um, all right. Uh, Good session of statements there. Mackie and Judd here. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. And I want to run something. But Judd and I were kind of texting about this over the weekend. And I want to get into a uh, an important Vikings conversation that's been on my mind this weekend. But I want to preface it by saying I, th- I don't think Vikings fans are going to love hearing my theory here. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's our job to be honest and to like even if we have opinions that are 
negative or dissenting, uh, to not just blow purple-colored smoke up your keisters. Like, we're here to give our opinions and our thoughts. You can definitely disagree, and you can hit us up on the Score North YouTube channel, Purple Daily YouTube channel. Uh, but we don't feel like it's our obligation to just, like, put a rose-colored spin on everything so that we all feel positive, right? So with that said, mm-hmm. it feels to me like Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins hate each other. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I think those guys hate each other. And and I've I've kind of just kind of combed through not just the the three and a half years of those guys being together, but just like specifically this preseason and training camp and, and reading the tea leaves. And I landed on three main things or themes or or things that have happened that I think add up to evidence. And I would just love your guys' thoughts. Tell me, am I overreacting? Or you guys can pour gas on this fire, which I think Judd's going to do. I'm pretty sure Judd agrees with me. Um, So first off, let's just talk about the big picture, like three and a half year reason. Have you ever seen those guys or heard those guys talk about collaborating with each other? Outside of like, you know, like um, they talk on the phone sometimes and they had a, they had a sort of a come to Jesus, uh, I think vaccine meeting at one point, but like, yeah, they don't like, like when you, when you, when you hear, Belichick and Brady are like having separate meetings every week together to game plan together, right? You hear Sean McVay texting with Matt Stafford late into the night. I mean, I, I just don't like, I don't see those guys talking during games. Like, does the camera ever pick those guys up on the sidelines? Like, no. all right, let's, let's break this down no. for like 90 seconds here. It, and in, in, in defense of the relationship between those two, I will say this other than Teddy, um, I don't think I've, ever seen Zimmer really talking to his quarterbacks because keep in mind, he's calling the defensive plays like he doesn't have time. So that that's, that's the problem with, if you call plays, you basically have to ignore one side of the ball, which you probably shouldn't if you're, if you're a, a head coach. So I would say, no, I have not seen them ever discuss things in any sort of uh, with any sort of depth to it. But that's like the least surprising thing because of their roles and the fact that Mike is so focused on one side of the football and only that side of the football. Yeah. And, you know, that's I think I think that's probably some of these are probably more on Zimmer than anyone, because, like, dude, you need to build a relationship. He's your quarterback. Right. Like you need to build a relationship with him. Right. Um, Number two, especially this preseason, Zimmer continues to take veiled and sometimes not so veiled shots at Kirk in press conferences. Uh, when when Kirk was sidelined because he was in COVID protocol, Zimmer referred to him and other players as "quote reading some uh, some of the things that they read are just woof out there like like disrespectful things that you wouldn't say about someone that you respected yeah. and had a good relationship with yep you know like you could disagree on things but you would never come out and just flat out say boy some of the things that that guy believes and reads are just woof out there." And then I think it was the week after, because uh, Jake Browning took over practice the entire week, Zimmer lavishly praised Jake Browning for his leadership, his ability to, quote, get it done in the two-minute drill, and for how players gravitate toward him. Two interesting things about that. Number one, Jake Browning is not a good quarterback, as we've seen in these two preseason games. Yes. And two, Zimmer has never said anything close to that about Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's praised him for having good games, and he definitely gave him the game ball after that Chicago Monday night win, right? Like, there's been some moments. Um, but he's never come out and been like, guys, I just want to – there's been some Kirk criticism here, and I just want to tell you what a great leader he is behind the scenes. Like, he's never said anything like that. Right. So it doesn't mean that Kirk doesn't show moments of leadership, but it means that Mike Zimmer hasn't seen enough of it himself to feel like I'm all in on this guy. And number three – as we talked about off the top of statements, Zimmer just greenlit the return of a borderline, like Everson Griffin's kind of borderline. Like he hasn't latched down with a team yet. He probably fits best with the Vikings if you compare to all the other teams because he's just been here for so long. But he just greenlit on the eve of the regular season, two weeks before the regular season, a guy who trashed Cousins on Twitter publicly in January and called him ass. Yes. So again, like, if you respected and loved your quarterback and it was a partnership, I would assume that there was a lengthy conversation about, hey, are you cool with this? I don't want to ruin the dynamic. I don't think that conversation took place. I think Zimmer and Spielman just said, no, let's bring this dude back in. We need some help. 
So mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I don't think those guys like each other. I think it's becoming more obvious this preseason. Um, I think Mike Zimmer has been more frontal about it than Kirk has been. Kirk seems to be taking the high road, which credit to him. What are your guys' thoughts? Uh, well, Kirk's t- taking a high road partially because Kirk is oblivious and ignores things that I- impact his world in a negative way and just tries to gloss past them. So I don't know that he's taking the high road on purpose. I think he just likes to ignore the bad, and and it's just sort of he, – he puts himself – he's very good at putting himself in the eye of the storm. That's a really good way to put it. Kirk Cousins' life has been spent – and career. Uh, if you think about – the lack of blame he likes to take. And if you think about when things go wrong, you know what? The Kirk stands come out and tell you, not Kirk's fault. Offensive line's bad. Not Kirk's fault. Defense was bad. And Kirk loves to be, they insulate Kirk in a way that Kirk loves. Um, The relationship, look, (laughs) the Zimmer-Kirk relationship, and this might not even be Kirk's fault, hasn't been good since the day he signed here because, and Phil, I think it was about, six months ago or more that you played this clip the February before he signed at the combine, Mike basically went through a play by play of why they shouldn't sign Kirk cousins. He didn't and name it, him by name, but he said, he we gotta be, name. we gotta be really careful about bringing in a highly paid free agent starting quarterback. I mean, he was telling Rick Spielman, don't do this. And, and clearly somebody said, no, we're going to do this. And so they, they did. Um, also what I've heard is after the case Keenum season in which we, we've talked about this a lot, um zim did everything he could post game at the podium to say this guy's not that good it's been a fun ride uh my understanding was because of how kirk is wired they basically got mike to agree not to rip kirk i think that agreement has pretty much been adhered to until now and look right or wrong this is not a vaccination debate but when kirk decided was among the key players on this team to not get vaxxed and then had to miss five days zimmer was done and, and Mike, because because Zimmer believes that everyone should be vaxxed. Should be vaxxed. He, and, the, and, and we're not here to spread medical advice. Correct. Mike believes, my guess is, if you went out for a drink or six with Mike, that Mike would tell you in his personal life, I don't really like this vaccine thing much. But you know what I really don't like? Losing football games. That's what it is. So, yeah. You, you could, you could replace a- vaccine with, like, special football vitamin that helps 100%. you power up or like or something right 100% yes this has nothing to do why aren't I you taking the special football vitamin that keeps you on the field you i don't think this has anything to do with mike's belief about vaccines that's just a guess on my part i think this has everything to do with and it's not just kirk i think there's a frustration with adam Thielen, harrison smith um delvin cook but Kirk is the quarterback, and if Kirk's out, they are screwed. I mean, right now, they are screwed. They are done. We can say what we want about Kirk, but he gives you your only chance at that position to win. And so I sense the gloves are, are off. And, and if, if Dex going to actually play the exchange that he's got that, that I had with Mike on Saturday. This um, one is labeled Judd Fastball in our system. It's actually not. It, it was a very much an inquisitive. I think I've seen something at Joe practice Ryan. into Saturday. <laughs> I think I've seen Kirk, Kirk is not as sharp as Kirk should be, but I'm just Judd. I do a talk show. Mm-hmm. I write, like but Sirly. I don't coach this team. You clickbait. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So anyway, here's the exchange, because I, I think there's some good things to dissect once you hear this. On Kirk, since, since he came back in quarantine, just from my, my viewpoint, it seems like he has not been super sharp. Have you seen that? It just looks like the... Like the passes aren't as crisp. We got some guys being overthrown, things like that. Um, you know, I don't know if that's that's really the case. Um, I think maybe in these last two, in the, I, I don't know if you're talking practice or games or. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know if that's really the case. I think. Um, you know, with some of the things we're doing in practice, we're probably not allowing him to get to the reads that he wants to get to sometimes. And so, um, you know, part of it is taking what, what you can get and, and, you know, and then going from there. But you'd have to ask him that maybe. So, okay. Okay, Mr. Potster. Yeah. Let's see well, what you were doing with first that First of question. all, he didn't shoot me down, which he could have been like, yeah, are you a coach now? Uh, he well, he, he, he could have he could have he could have said 
And this is, but this is all sort of adding up to like he could have easily said, "Dude, he's been fun. like." First of all, you don't know what you're watching. You never, Correct. you never played. Which the is game. a which is a common response, by the way. Yeah. yeah. How do you know what you're watching? Yes. Um. But he, it's it's almost like he sat there and pondered. Okay, I definitely kind of agree, <laughs> but how can I? How can I sort of? And they also sure. don't want to give away all the things they're doing. Like he, they, they could be installing something new that they're going to implement that they, right? You know, don't want to talk about. So there's different reasons. It was an interesting response. Like it, it wasn't an indictment of Kirk, but it was an interesting response that he entertained the question and clearly thought it through, um, and then sort of went through what he thought. Now, I do think though that the most interesting part is probably the very end where he says you would have to ask him because Mike's response a lot of times when he like sort of agrees, but doesn't want, doesn't feel the freedom to say he does will be go ask him. And of yeah, course, who, did, who else does he do that to? Cause he he'll do the go at, why don't you go ask him? He does it to Kirk quite a bit. Why don't you go ask him? Uh, yeah. He does it to Kirk a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of other it's players. Offensive like, guys. I think Phil, I think it's more <laughs> offensive. Cause he'll the offense is over there for him. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, why don't you, why don't you go? Well, why don't you go over there and ask? And that's a whole nother thing. It's not too, it's not my 15 minute block on Tuesday where I pop my head into an offensive meeting. <laughs> and that's a very interesting point because that 1000% plays a role in this entire conversation, which is to expand it from just a, just a Mike and Kirk um, conversation and a relationship. I mean, this does have to do with the fact that Mike very much sees himself as head coach defense. And in, you know what Zim is? It just came to me. He is an offensive influencer. That's what he is. What? He is an what? influencer of, uh, he is an influence. He influences the offense, but he doesn't really coach it. And he wants it to do what he wants it to do. He influences it through suggestions. And are we going to run more often? But he doesn't really coach it. He coaches defense. He is an offensive influencer. I think that, he come he comes in with like from thirty thousand feet with the offense, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, no turnovers, ball control, pound the rock. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going back to defense. And then when something goes off the rails, like the first five games or six games of last year, they have a bye week. Yep. Mike Zimmer comes in for five minutes and says, "Guys, we throw the ball twelve times this week maximum. Figure it out, right? We, and then we'll take the training wheels back off if if we do well." Which they did. Then they beat the Packers out of the bye, throwing the ball like fifteen times or something. Yeah. Which is to say which is to say that he he one thousand percent has an influence on what the offense does, but he doesn't want to coach it and, and his relationship with a lot of people on that side of the ball is probably pretty distant. Um but Phil, this gets back to your point on a grand scale. It's two thousand twenty one. Can your head coach afford to have the relationship that Mike does with his quarterbacks? And that's a very valid question. Uh, in 1977, I think it's fine. Now, I'm not so sure. It just feels, yeah. And I have a question off that here, but a quick shout out to our friends at PXD Minneapolis. You know, a lot of you have been probably golfing since like March or April as soon as the first, uh, you know, sheet of snow started to come off the ground. I personally don't start ramping up my golf season until like now, like middle of August all mm-hmm. the way through end of November. I love fall golf. I love it. There's fewer people on the courses. So PXG, whether you're a summer golfer, fall golfer, a year-round golfer, it's a golfer's paradise, Southdale Center. Check out, they have all sorts of brand-new clubs at different levels of pricing. Uh, so whatever you might need, they can help you, and all kinds of summer apparel as well. So check them out, PXG Minneapolis and Southdale Center, and find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. So part of me says, if Zimmer from the get-go, because ultimately this is going into year four, with Zimmer and Cousins, they've made the playoffs once, and most of the sports books have them projected to not make the playoffs or be like right on the edge, like eight and a half is kind of a common over-under win total, right. eight and a half, nine, eight doesn't get you in, nine might not get you in. So they're not projected nationally and by Vegas insiders to make the playoffs now. And so, you know, I think if you were to go back swapping Case Keenum for Kirk Cousins three and a half years ago and say, hey... Um, the Vikings are going to miss the playoffs in two of the next three years and going into the fourth year, not be favored to make the playoffs. We'd all be disappointed by that, right? And I think Zimmer I think Zimmer feels the weight of this too. He knows his job's on the line, and he's frustrated by players potentially not being available this season because of the vax rate on the team and all that stuff. Um, but my question is, if Zimmer and Kirk Cousins 
had a more forged relationship from the get-go. Like, and and I'm going to put this on Zimmer. Okay. If Zimmer had, instead of Zimmer going up to the podium before they signed Cousins and said, we got to be careful, we got to be careful, we don't want to be dropping money on a guy that could take away resources from other parts of our team. Right. If Zimmer had come out and said, man, if we can just get a guy and and, and I'll help mold him. You know, I know I'm a defensive guy, but if his mindset could have been, all right, maybe Kirk's at that price. Maybe he's not the perfect option. He's not Tom Brady, but damn it. Like, we're going to put our heads together, and I'm going to be super hands-on with this guy. I'm going to treat him like I treated Teddy, even though he's not Teddy. Like, I'm going to – and I'm going to – and maybe I can make him better. It kind of feels like Kirk came as a finished product, even though he was still in his 20s, and Zimmer just said, oh, that's a finished product. Then he like he needs to just figure it out. And there's been a lot less molding. Like, there was still molding to be done. A head coach can still mold a 29-year-old, 30-year-old quarterback. That's pretty young in quarterback years. Ryan Tannehill was molded by Mike Vrabel. You know, Mike Vrabel's a defensive guy. Ryan Tannehill got way better when he came from Miami. Right. So if Mike Zimmer had embraced this relationship more from the get-go, or now, would the Vikings have had a different level of success at any point in the last three and a half years? I don't, I don't think so because I don't know how much. I mean, just from being around him at press conferences and stuff, I don't know how much Kirk allows you to mold him if he doesn't trust you completely. Like I, like we could probably count on a finger the amount of pro coaches that Kirk has had who I think he fully embraced. And that guy's name is Kyle. Shanahan and he coaches in San Francisco. Um, McVay, I think. I mean, him and McVay had McVay, a connection. Yeah, I think. But but the interesting thing about so the interesting thing though about this is is does responsibility for this also now in hindsight go on Spielman as well? Because if you have a you hired in 2014 very much on purpose a defensive coach who by the way came in and defensively did a very good job. Um, you know the quarterbacks he likes. You you knew from the year in 2015 when you obtained Bradford that like it took a year before Zimmer I think embraced Sam. And because I remember going into 2016, they talked about that that he had gone out, or I'm I'm sorry, going to 2017. So Sam came in 2016. Uh, that they had talked about the fact that I think Zimmer had flown to like Oklahoma and gone out to dinner with Bradford, and that they they had started to get on the same page. And this was a year after he arrived. So I guess my question back to you, Phil, is do we blame Zimmer or not blame Zimmer or Kirk, but actually blame the GM who went out and did this? And I understand it's a fun splash move, uh, but if you knew all of the dynamics at play here, and if you're Rick, you're paid to know those things, did you make an assumption about how things were going to work out when you full well knew that what we're seeing now was a definite possibility? I'm going to hold off on the word blame until this season's story is told because all, all of the parties involved deserve to tell the story of 2021. And we have our thoughts and opinions on, and we've given them on like where we think this thing, it feels a little rickety right now for a lot of different reasons. Um, but if this season doesn't result in at least a playoff appearance, and now you're talking about three out of four years missing on the playoffs, now the word now the word blame is going to be very prominent and jobs are going to be probably held accountable. So Absolutely. we'll see. I'm 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 talking more about the first three years and sort of the vibe that we feel right now. And right. then if it continues into the season, um, then I will be much more aggressive in my blame of the Viking situation. They could also come out and start four and oh and the offense could look amazing and the offensive line is better. Right. And that wouldn't I mean honestly, that's what should happen. That's what should happen. Look at their weapons. Kirk's in his prime. If Ole yeah. Udo can not be a train wreck, like what should happen is they come out, they start hot, they put up a bunch of points, and boom, blast off. I, but, feel, a little, I feel a lot more confident about what you're saying because I don't disagree with you if the whole COVID non-vax thing didn't, didn't remain a big deal there. And when you're bringing in, what, a leading – a leading doctor today to talk to the team about it again and go back and be like, okay, you should get, get back. And by the way, people, some people are not going to, I, I mean, they just won't. Um, that's the type of thing where it's a distraction and you don't need that. This, this team needs to set up as many conditions to be perfect as possible. I get guys are going to get hurt. Like there's going to be normal football distractions, but 
the Vikings remain or probably are still the least vaccinated team in the league. And it's stuff like that that can derail things really, really quickly. And, you know, keep in mind, too, you don't even have a quarterback behind Kirk right now who, if he had to step in, you would feel comfortable throwing more than like two passes a game. Dude. That's, Dude, that's what concerns Browning, me. Jake Browning was that was one of the worst quarterback performances <laughs> I've ever seen in any NFL preseason game. Yeah, I agree. Let alone regular season. That was really bad, man. So, so all right. Um, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they can if they can forge. Ahead. I hate distractions, though. Distractions are a big deal. You're like, like an NFL coach, really. Like you like, hate distractions yes. in your life. I don't want because because I just want the sport to occupy my time. I don't want. Could this guy get sick? I don't want that. I want the sport. Like, Phil, how many times, and Dex, with this team, have we seen, like, unnecessary distractions? Oh, every year. Off the field, derail this team. And they do derail this team. Every year. Oh, here's Peterson taking a tree branch to a child. It's like, why, dude? Why are you doing this? Go Just go run for 2,000 yards. Stop hitting your kid. Stay off a... (laughs) Stay off the damn boat, you know. I mean, every it just always seems like there's just want a something. championship. Just want a championship, please. Just everyone, just row row in the same direction. Um, you like that? Yeah. You like that? So, all right, that's. Uh, I, th- I feel like that was a very therapeutic episode of Mackie and Judd today. Declan brought the only like ray of. Well, I talked about right guards and was happy about Oliudo. Oh, Declan I brought, brought like a, a twin. A poor Declan brought in a Twins pitching prospect who's doing a great job, probably ready to get called up and. Look, we just crapped all over it. I, I I didn't give the Twins credit. I gave the St. Paul Saints credit and Joe Ryan. I want that very very clear that I separated those two things. Those are those are two separate things. I was not going to spend. No, they're Friday pretty much the same. The you, maybe you give the Rays credit because they developed okay. him. Right, that's fine with me. Yep, I can do that. I praise the defense. I think the defense is going to be good. I like the defense. Be. Amount of money they I'm spent. high on the defense right now. The defense better not I love break Michael down. Pierce. If that defense player. breaks down like that rental car from last weekend <laughs> in Denver. Pull out of the gate, and all of a sudden the uh, transmission blows. Then speaking of did, some buyers, did remote. you guys see the uh, Twitter thread? I think it was from the East Coast of the guy who claimed that he got a rental car, and the rental car company stole it from him. Yeah, five people tweeted me and said, "Is this the same company that you <laughs> dealt with last weekend?" It wasn't, but no, uh, no. But I mean, that was yeah, they like stole it back from they him. Put it on a flatbed <laughs> and stole it back from him, and then said, "We're going to continue to charge you." It's amazing. Actually. I'm done. No rental cars for me. Just hitchhike. Seriously. Judd here for hitchhiking Judd, across hit America. Hitchhike. Yep. Yeah, put that thumb <laughs> out, folks. All right, thanks for hanging out with us today. Mackie and Judd, don't forget daily Vikings conversations also on Purple Daily. And we're working on some fun things to announce on Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd here in the next couple of weeks. We're still trying to dot some I's and cross some T's, so. Stay tuned for some fun show announcements. We'll see you guys tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.